Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys, how's it going? Happy Wednesday. We are back to the middle of another week. Again, it's the day where you're like, ah, oh, it's only Wednesday. And there's another part of you that can say, yay, we made it to Wednesday. So I hope y'all are doing great today. Um, you know, of course, I want to plug our my two books right here. Two of my favorites. From Fear to Love, The Great Behavior Breakdown. Two really excellent books uh, in helping us understand the impact of pre-birth and early life trauma and what we can do as parents care and caregivers to help children who come from tough places. Hey, Mamie, it's good to see you watching. I hope you guys are doing well in Oklahoma City tonight. Anybody else who wants to say hi, I would love to say hello. Um, so, uh, this month of November is uh, um, an important month in the world of adoption. Um, I've been talking about it every night. I'm going to talk about it every night if I can <laughs> for the month of November. Um, so, we have Adoption Awareness, and we have uh, Adoption Month and Adoption Awareness Month. So, uh, thanks, Mimi. You said I look pretty in pink. So, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. If you don't know me, fashion is not my strong suit. But Mimi is out. Oh, she is a fashionista. And you know what? All my life growing up, I never realized what an art it is. Uh, it is literally people who are good at fashion. Um, in my opinion, because I'm not good at it, people who are good at fashion, it's literally like an art. It's like your body is the canvas and being able to know what clothes, what colors, what things are going to look good on you, um, male or female, either way, it's quite a talent. So just throwing that out there as something a little bit random, but it may come in handy to you as you are parenting your children. Um, I know a lot of times parents and their kids can get really crossways about things like fashion and what they're wearing and what they're going to wear out. And so, um, there might be a little, there might be a little nugget in that for some family out there listening today that fashion and being able to pick out certain things is really quite an art and not everybody's good at it. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for the compliment. Who knew it would take me on a tangent? <laughs> so, uh, it is November. It is Adoption Month, Adoption Awareness Month, and I like speaking to both of these. This is sort of a, a controversial point in the world of adoption, and so Adoption Month is the attempt to help the public become more and more aware of the need for adoption. Um, statistics tell us that 10,000 children per day, 10,000 children per day become orphans across the globe. There are over 140 million children in orphanages around the globe right now. There are over 400 million children in the U.S. who are in foster care. We know that in orphanages, they, you know, they may be doing the absolute best that they can, but that's a lot of children. That's a lot of attention. That's a lot of babies that need a lot of holding, and it's very difficult for those needs to be met. And when early life needs are not met, it has a traumatic, traumatic, and dramatic impact on the development of the brain and the development of the mind-body system. 
We also know that in foster care, oftentimes there are frequent moves. Literally, um, you know, reading a story uh, just the other day and the young man was talking about his foster care experience. I can't remember how many total placements he had during his time in foster care, but he said he averaged five different schools a year. Yeah, that's a big deal, isn't it? Five different schools a year. So children need permanency. We need to bring it to the awareness of the public that there is a huge need for permanency for children. There is a huge need for adoptive families. And so that is the piece of Adoption Month. Then we have the piece of adoption awareness, and that is uh, people who want to bring to the awareness of the world that adoption is not always sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops, that um, oftentimes adoption happens out of coercion. Um, the history of, of, of adoption in, I don't know about other countries, but in America is sorted with lots of secrecy and lots of shame. Um, we still have legal issues where adoptees do not have access to their birth records. Um, we have issues where there are uh, promises of open adoption and then fear sets in and adoptive families begin to refuse visits and um, lose contact with families of origin. So it's a big deal. Um, I'll be honest with you, in all of my time, which I've worked with children and families for over 30 years, and in all of my time in working with children and families, I've worked with lots of kids in the foster care system, and now I've worked with lots of children and families who have been adopted and a lot of adult adoptees, and I have not met a single adoptee who did not want to know at least some basic information about the family that they were born from. So it's a really big deal. And we really need to have very sensitive hearts about these children and helping them feel connected. You know, we all need to feel rooted so that we can grow. And so we need to make um, greater efforts in helping um, helping in the arena adoption, helping to remove shame, helping to remove secrecy, helping to remove blame, helping to remove fear, helping to support. And even with, even when there may be, you know, vast differences between the family, the birth, I don't like to use the word birth. I don't like any of it. I don't like any of it. I don't like any of those words. You know, it's just so hard. I don't have the right language to be as honoring and respectful of all the parties involved in the adoption process that I really want. Jeanette Yaffe is one who speaks just brilliantly and eloquently with regards to the trilogy of adoption. The trilogy meaning the family of origin, the child, the adoptive family, and being able to honor all stories that's so, so important. So that is my message tonight when it comes to Adoption Month and Adoption Awareness Month. And I want to, because oftentimes um, we're talking about how trauma affects the mind-body system and how it can affect behaviors and how sometimes those behaviors can create challenges. Sometimes those challenges are really just about difference, like the difference in culture. And so it's almost like 
this child being from a different, because every family has a unique culture. And so the child comes from a unique culture, even if it's from, even if it's an American family and an American adoption, the culture of the family is unique. And so sometimes we are seeing things as being difficult uh, as parents or as teachers or professionals when really it's basically at a baseline, a difference in culture, the way things were done here versus how they were done here. There's also a piece that we really need to embrace and acknowledge, and that is that sometimes the behavior challenges that you might be finding as difficult were things that helped that person survive. And so we have to really be respectful about that. And in fact, they may come in handy later in life. Um, I know I can just, uh, I have permission from my son, so that feels really good uh, because I don't ever want to put somebody uh, on blast or want to talk about somebody publicly or share anything in their story without having their permission. That would be very disrespectful. And so um, he has, thank goodness, given me some permission to share a little bit. And there were times uh, prior to him living with me that he lived on the streets as a young boy. And so he has some really strong survival mechanisms and he has some very creative and crafty ways of surviving. And honestly, if there ever came a time that I was in that situation, I'm gonna tell you that's exactly who I'm gonna call because he knows and he loves me and I love him and we would figure out a way to make it through. And so I don't ever wanna be disrespectful about those things that have they've helped him stay alive. And so, you know, that's pretty important to hold as valuable. So one of the things that I like to do um, during adoption month is I like to kind of go through this kind of cool list of adoptees, people that you may or may not have known who are adopted, who are um, now famous. Um, and in a way, I think it helps us to shed light on the reality that um, things that we may have thought might be difficulties may prove actually to be strengths later in life and um, gifts. So um, sometimes there are gifts that just have to be opened at the right time in the right place, right? So let's just go through this list. I'm going to start with our own B. Brian Post. Uh, he may not be world famous, but he is definitely well known in the arena of adoption. He is an author. He is a, a father, he's a son, he is an entrepreneur, he's a world changer. I literally say um, he is at least five years ahead of his time in all things. Um, he stepped out, he was talking about this kind of parenting 20 years ago, and 20 years ago when he was talking about this style of what is now called trauma-informed care, he was shunned. <laughs> he was shunned by some of the very organizations who are now promoting this way of parenting. So he is, um, he is definitely ahead of his time. He, was a, he is a forward thinker. He's very attuned to um, just being able to, you know, there's something in his makeup that allows him to step out and take great risks and feel confident in his ability to survive and to 
um, capitalize on those. I don't mean capitalize like in a negative thing, but in a way of like making the most of it, of really making things grow. So, uh, B. Brian Post, one of our first famous adoptees. I also want to give a shout out to Jeanette Yaffe. She is an adoptee. She is a creator. She is an innovator. She has a brilliant center in Los Angeles, the Cecilia Center, that supports the trilogy of adoption, along with other people who have experienced trauma. She has incredible resources that you can find online, including her YouTube channel. And literally, her heart is so generous, like she'll just like give it all away. So if you are a parent or a therapist and you wanna get some like gold, some gold interventions, then you should check out Jeanette Yaffe because her work is brilliant and very, very effective. So let's read through some other people who aren't in the world of therapy or teaching in the arena of adoption and trauma. And let's just look at some other folks who are adoptees. John Lennon, Marilyn Monroe, Jamie Foxx, uh, Nicole Ritchie, Ingrid Bergman, Oh, Eric Clapton. I didn't realize that. Uh, he grew up believing his grandparents were his parents and that his mother, Patricia Molly Clapton, was who was 16 when he was born, that he believed that she was his sister. Wow, doesn't that sound so familiar to some of the um, adoption stories and ways adoption is presented in the history of the United States? Gerald Ford. Betty, oh, Debbie Harry. Oh, remember Debbie Harry? She's a, a musician. <laughs> like I'm reading through this on my big screen. I'm Malcolm X. Malcolm X grew up in an orphanage in foster care following his father's suspicious death when he was six and his mother's mental breakdown in 1938. Wow, that's an intense history, isn't it? Uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, Tim McGraw, raised by his mother and stepfather. So Faith Hill, so that's kind of interesting because they are a married couple, right? Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Given uh, Faith Hill is, uh, wow, the language on this is, is not good. <laughs> Let me just say that. You know, so this is, I'll just tell you guys a little secret. I do this uh, when Marley was my daughter when she was little and we would be reading out loud. I read to her at nights and so sometimes I would come across something and I was like, man, the language of that is so harsh that I'm just going to skip over that. So I'm going to, I'm going to verbally edit what's written on the internet. So Faith Hill, Bill Clinton, these are all famous adoptees. I've got a little lag time. I apologize. Um, Nelson Mandela, Wow. Um, Nicole Snooky Poliski, that is, uh, bu, 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 I, I can't remember, she's famous. I'm not very good at remembering who all famous people are and what they do. Truman Capote, Ice T, Ray Liotta, Trace Cyrus, uh, Babe Ruth. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Babe Ruth was raised in an orphanage, St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys from the age of seven, which is also, oh, Francis, I'll do more of these the next time because it's a very long list. But it, it uh, reminds me that when I was talking last night about some of the history of adoption, one of the things that I didn't really talk about much was how during the Depression, specifically, 
there was a lot of adoption that took place during that time because there were large families and literally some families could not afford to feed all of the children that they had. So there were lots of informal adoptions among family, friends, extended family. And so I know many adults who are in their like 70s and 80s who were young children during that time who were raised by extended family, who were adopted by extended family because they literally could not afford to, to feed the mouths that they had in front of them. And so, you know, all things adoption, we're just talking about it all. We're talking about the big picture. We're talking about all these different stories. Um, Joni, thank you. Boop, boop, 100 stars. I sure appreciate that. Boy, I'm gonna tell you what. Um, I'm glad that I could just come on today and chat a little bit about all of this and share something that hopefully feels inspiring and uplifting. I've had a big day of work today. I felt lots of pain from lots of people. Um, and it's just nice to be able to look and also see these other incredible stories of adoptees to know that there's lots of hope, you know? I'm just, when in doubt, pull out the words of Mimi. When in doubt, the words of Faye at a post, as I sit here reflecting on my journey as a happy, anxious perspective of finally becoming a mother to a child I wanted so much, I now wonder if I'd only known then what I know now. What a difference in parenting style I would have had. I was unaware of the upcoming emotional roller coaster of being an adoptive parent. I remember how wonderful it was to hold my baby for the first time. My heart was bursting with pride. My beloved late husband, Bill, and I named our son, Brian. A year after that, we adopted our daughter, Christine. Although we are all now emotionally connected, the journey was filled with stress and emotional pain. I hadn't a clue about, how, about parenting children with significant emotional needs. Many years later, many great challenges and sleepless nights later, I can look back and forgive myself for the things my husband and I did not know. We did our best, and I'm sure you have as well. For all the painful memories, there are many great ones filled with laughter, pride, thankfulness. I love my children dearly, and I'm going to tell you she does. That woman, she has a deep wealth of love for sure. Um, I love my children dearly and always have. I'm so proud of my son. Through all the hell he has raised as a child, he has grown into an angel. I take comfort in knowing that we intuitively did many things right. One thing he has told me before that I wanna to offer to you is to never give up on your child, no matter what might happen and what you might go through, as long as God gives us air in the sky to breathe, there is hope. Take these words filled with wisdom, understanding, passion, and insight that my son has provided you and go claim your child's heart. As I said earlier, if only I had known then what I know now. Well, my son might not have been able to offer this book. So I hold no regrets. Only hope for you and your children. That's the foreword of From Fear to Love. Um, sometimes I just love bringing that back out. It just helps renew hope. It helps to calm my anxious, fearful state. It helps me just to remember that love wins. Uh, Sherry, you ask if Brian's okay. Yes, he is okay. And yes, we do miss him. He is so brilliant at coming on and teaching and sharing. There's really nobody like him. I am just a mere fill-in. 
but his plate is extremely full right now. And one of the things that Brian and I have always committed to when it comes to teaching and sharing at this level is if it's not organic, then we just need to put it on hold. And so um, this is just us tag teaming so that he can catch a breath. You know, so he can have some respite. He can do, he's got a big team in California um, of caregivers. He's got several families he's serving. He's had some big shifts in his staff there. And so he just needed to be able to focus on what's right in front of him. And so, you know, sometimes we just have to put first things first. And so he's able to do that. And while he's doing that, I'm gonna do this. So I hope I can be helpful. I know I'm not BP and that is okay. I am just me. But remember what Brian does tell us that in any given moment, we have two choices. We can act out of our same blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. We can choose to take one to two to three to 10 deep breaths calm our own mind and we can choose love at the end of the day when it's time to lay your head down put all those worries to the side and I'm gonna give you a little tip if you find it difficult to turn off your anxious worried mind then find something else to listen to plug something in there are some great on on Spotify there's some great relaxation tones that are extremely effective in helping to calm your neurological system through tones or listen to an uplifting podcast, listen to something that is edifying you, that is growing you in your peace and your love and your hope because that is what is gonna be needed for tomorrow. If you can picture something that's been amazing from the day, one amazing moment, blow that up in your mind and let that be what you go to bed with tonight. Much love to you guys. We'll keep coming at you. We'll see you tomorrow with another episode of Post Daily Dose. Until then, I hope you all do well. Choose love.